Between stockpiling food, conversations about putting on weight or using this time to lose it, as well as multiple images of homemade sourdough, banana bread, excessive exercising, this is a particularly challenging time for people with eating disorders. Hello. It's Friday, surprisingly. This has definitely been one of those weeks where I have not had a notion what day it is, pretty much at any stage. So I hope I'm, I'm glad we've come to the end of it. I hope it's been a good one for you and that, you know, you've got some nice moments of self-care penciled in for the weekend ahead. Today, we're talking about eating disorders and I'm joined by psychotherapist and co-founder of the counselling service Insight Matters, Anne-Marie Toole to discuss how this crisis may be proving particularly challenging for people with a history of eating disorder or people currently in the thick of one trying to get a handle on their relationship with food. Anne-Marie has professional experience, of course, but also personal experience of living with an eating disorder, so her perspective is particularly interesting. I'll share some resources and online supports at the end of the pod, but for now, here's Anne-Marie firstly highlighting what the main forms of eating disorder are. The main classification of eating disorder, it comes under three categories. Most people are familiar with uh, anorexia, which involves a very, very uh, strict uh, restriction of food intake to the point that the individual is becomes uh, underweight, underweight and there's a health risk that, that accompanies that. There's also a very intense fear of becoming fat that accompanies anorexia. That, that would be one of the primary eating disorders that, that, that most people have an awareness of. Mm-hmm. I would say an awareness rather than an un- understanding because mm-hmm. the understanding behind all of the eating disorders tends to be, it, they're, they're incredibly complex, complex things. Uh, second would be bulimia ner- nervosa, which would be, again, I suspect people have a familiarity with it, a consumption of large amounts of food in relatively small periods of time, but it is accompanied by a something of a uh, a release mechanism for the individual to uh, to remove the food from their body, be it excessive exercise, be it the taking of laxatives or other substances to try to remove the food from the body. So that's a very, again, another very complex condition where the individual needs to consume large quantities of food, but also can't actually tolerate the, the, the food remaining within the body. And again, body shape and body image would be a factor with, with bulimia as well. The third then would be a uh, binge eating disorder which only recently or in in the last um in the last uh diagnostic and statistical manual became an, uh, a classification of its own it's essentially where people will just keep consuming large quantities of food without actually the uh, the engaging in the purging behaviors or the other the other food removal behaviors from the body and again body shape can be a factor in that but it's 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 more in in that instance it's more about exploring the need and the 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 why for the individual in terms of the large consumption of food. I would add in terms of these these classifications and these disorders, it's not a question of somebody has an eating disorder or they or they don't. As with every single mental health condition, it's about exploring one's relationship with food uh, from a continuum perspective. The reasons behind the development of an eating disorder are very, very complex. No one thing can be pointed to in, uh, and said that is the reason in, in, in such a, in, in, in say in an informational discussion such as this mm. or in any kind of educational forum, everybody involved 
involved in in the treatment of eating disorders and the education of it knows very very complex it can be numerous factors for the individual down to uh, uh, stressful experiences in their life down to vulnerability within um, down to relationships, down to the, the down to environment, that there's, there's so many factors involved in it, and the treatment and the support for eating disorder will will provide opportunity to explore those and to look at look at what some of those factors are for the individual. Mm. I imagine this is a really challenging time for anybody either currently in the grip of an eating disorder or in in recovery, shall we say, from an eating disorder. I would say so as well. Um, the reality of eating disorder is it, it, the level of preoccupation that an eating disorder will 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 take for an individual mirrors usually the the extent of the the concerns and the and the complex issues that they're that they're uh, trying to avoid through the engagement with the eating disorder. Eating disorder is very important to say. Eating disorder doesn't never implies that something is inherently wrong with an individual. Mm. However, that tends to be exactly what is driving it for the person. It can be that that feeling of lack, that feeling of deficit inside, and hence these can bring up feelings and and thoughts of of needing to uh, try to gain a sense of control over what is happening within the body. If awareness is not there in terms of what's happening, uh, the person can then try to naturally control the external environment through the consumption and food, through the calorie measuring, through exercise and all of those things. All of that will have been exacerbated with the, the, the external measures that have been imposed on people in the last number of weeks. The reality of the bulk buying and the supermarket, that the panic and frenzy that occurred for for people a number of weeks ago, and I think may still do now, even to a to a degree, that will all have have had a big effect on people with the eating disorder because they they will ha- they usually have to be very very measured about how and when they are going to consume their food. It will also put them potentially have put them back in, into environments where through the through the 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 restrictions around perhaps around people that are you know are are are, are difficult and and are, are potentially part of the overall bigger bigger picture for the person in terms of why this has developed that's going to be very very tricky for people if again if they're in the thick of it eating disorder can also be accompanied by a high level of secrecy this again is going to be, you know, with, with restriction on movement, this is going to have an effect on people. For somebody who maybe has been in the thick of an eating disorder and has, for want of a better phrase, come through the worst of it, have you advice mm-hmm. for how they can be aware of potential triggers or potential uh, slipping into, you know, more dangerous aspects of the relationship with their eating at the moment? The relational element of it is 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 really key because once we once we kind of understand it in that way, we understand that we we with the relationship we move in and out of different uh, experiences within it. We can be very very close in regards to okay, something's happening for me now. What do I what do I need to do with that? What were the strategies that I learned while I was in 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 treatment in that initial stages that I may need to bring back in 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 at this point. Probably the first thing to do is just to ask yourself and do a regular check in. How am I doing? The reality of a period of extreme crisis and stress, which effectively is what the country and the world is under right now, is that that will destabilize us in our internal. 
And as a result, even without our awareness or at least our initial awareness, we may not even be aware that actually we may be slipping in back into some of the behaviours that we would have used to cope with previous vulnerability and to cope with previous stress. To speak to your earlier point about this fundamentally being a coping a coping um, behaviour. And a coping behaviour is another word for a protective behaviour. Mm. Fundamentally, that's, that's why this develops. It develops as a self-protect mechanism for the individual. So in this period of extreme stress now, that is something that uh, uh, the human being will reach for. It's like it can become like a default. And initially, the person mightn't even be aware that it's happening. And it might be just more the more milder behaviours that might be re-engaged in, maybe a little bit more exercise than what is usually, than what is their usual are they eating a little bit more than than usual and then engaging in compensatory behaviors are they eating less because they they're, they're got they're, 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 that that feeling of not being able to tolerate a, a a level a certain level of food in the body has returned and again the safety behavior will be returned too and so sometimes the the, the awareness i would suggest for anybody who has who has gone through one and i include myself in this having had the experience and having gone through this check-in process in the last last number of weeks to ask yourself how am i doing how am I doing today? How am I doing for the last couple of weeks? Am I okay? Do I need to check back in with with my support, uh, be it person or people? Is there anything in particular practically that you would sort of recommend to individuals or to their support network? It would be that more purposeful, conscious, I'm going to go out now of this environment and go for my 10 or 15 minute walk or my 30 minute walk. I'm going to go engage in an activity now. Plan your day. This is this is what I'm going to do with my day now. I've got work. I've got this. I need to check in with this person over there. OK, where's my, my time over here? This is my time to look after me and give me some sort of give me the kind of support that will work. Like just the nature of the condition, I can just imagine how it is something that you can find yourself if you've if you have gone through a recovery phase. Just as you're talking, I can really imagine that you find yourself halfway into it again before you've even realised if it's a thing that you're not able to, for whatever reason, have been present in where you're at with yourself and being connected, as you said before, to yourself. The reality of where people are finding themselves now, especially with with work, with the work changes and then commitments regarding childcare uh, uh, changes. A lot of a lot of people I'm 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 speaking with. They're not getting 10 minutes to themselves until probably maybe 10 p.m. at yeah. night. The, the tiring element is really is really coming through for people. So that moment for pause, it's either not happening at all or it's not happening until much later in the day. That's the time when we go, how am I doing? Yeah. So that the, we're, we're all at increased vulnerability in, in that regard, because that's our period to go, OK, if, if something is off here, because otherwise what will happen is we, we try and get a little bit of sleep and we, we, we power through the next day, the next day, the next day and another week and another two weeks have gone by. And suddenly something that, you know, the, the, the early signs of it have that, that may have started a number of weeks ago. Now it could it could potentially be much further down the line and hence, hence much more difficult to actually get a get a get a, a grip and a handle on. Mm. If one has uh, uh, this experience in terms of an eating, an unhealthy uh, relationship with eating on any level. And like I said, I think it's really important to consider the continuum understanding of this. 
one can't live without food. Yeah. You don't get to park this and say, I'm, I'm going to either not think about this or avoid this for a week or two. The moment you reach out to eat, this will be on your mind. It will it preoccupy you. It will bring up questions. It will bring up frustrations. It will bring up complexities. And there's the other side that says, actually, yes, that is the case. And it can be it can be treated. It can be supported. People can find their way through it. When you were saying about people supporting like a trusted person, helping you to notice signs in a supportive way, like what does that look like? The biggest piece of of of, of that experience is compassion empathy and understanding Mm. this is their experience if they're engaging in an eating disorder naturally people around them will can be uh, uh, concerned at times very very frustrated very very frightened and very very scared however this is still and always will be the individual's experience the last thing the individual individuals need need the individual needs in that moment is any form of judgment. Obviously, that trusted person will have questions, but you need to ask: Are you okay with my questions? Is now a good time for them? If not, that's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to it. But some people are dubious about about taking it from that softer angle. They don't feel they're being they they feel the support is the hard line. I think it's valuable for us all to acknowledge what it is that we are saying and the language we use around these things and what it is we're putting out into the ether, but also the damage that those thoughts could be doing to us, whether or not we have any kind of disordered eating, that really how we're we're even valuing our own self-worth, that in some way we'll be less of a person if we come out of this being a bigger physical person. The language that we use to ourselves it tends to be and it can t- it can tend to be of a critical nature that we would never impose on a, on, a, on another individual. And sometimes when it's really explored, it would never be imposed on you know, And even the person themselves would say, no, I would never say that to somebody else, but I'll say that to me. And that's mm-hmm. that will tell you about level of connection that the person has to themselves. Many of us find it hard to prioritise ourselves at the moment. I think, you know, feeling perhaps as though we're being selfish or others are having it worse than us. We need to do this or that to support people at work or home. But I think that point Anne-Marie makes is so relevant. If we don't make the time to check in with ourselves, to really take care of ourselves and prioritise our well-being, we can miss the signs that we're starting to struggle If you or someone you know is finding that this crisis period is really impacting your relationship with food, there's lots of great information at bodywise.ie. That's body, B-O-D-Y, wise, W-H-Y-S dot I-E. They also have online support groups available. If you'd like to find out more about Anne-Marie's work, you can find that at insightmatters.ie. I'm Jan Lanagon. We'll talk again tomorrow and in the meantime, mind yourself. Mm-hmm.